And hello, friends, and welcome to Push Comes to Shove PokerCast, the podcast for those interested in the poker lifestyle. My name is John. I know how to spell poker. <clears throat> My name is Joe, and I have a master's in poker. Ah, he is uh, certified in uh, the poker lifestyle. Friends, this is uh, June 15th, 2018, episode 35 of Push Comes to Shove PokerCast or on the social media known as hashtag PCS Poker. Ooh, uh, ooh you like that? That hashtag so game. For, for this show, everyone, we're going to have an interesting show. We'll be talking a little bit about the World Series of Poker that Joe is currently in the middle in of. That's yes. right. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, some cash games and some news we have here yeep. with yeep, with the poker uh, news. We're also going to talk a little bit about some video games. Oh. Well. Just very slightly, just a little tad bit, because Joe and I, we kind of like video games. And I was... Nice mug, John. Most recently at a big video game conference. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. For those who are I listening, wonder who you might have liked at that conference. I might have liked a couple of <laughs> conferences. Those listening, uh, I'm holding a giant Xbox mug. Uh, they have a nice swag. I'm also wearing a, a T-shirt from The Division 2. Okay. That I won from the Mixer. Booth. Wow, you won. I won. What a winner. I, I wish what? I knew what that was like. JK, uh, JK. Uh, JK, JK, LOL. <clears throat> you know what's funny? That logo that you have right there on your yeah, on the I front? Just no, no, not that. The front one. Oh, this one. Whenever that popped up on screen, I was like, why are they talking about State of Decay 2? Oh, that's the division. Oh. oh. They're similar, right? They are very similar. Okay. Just the, the two things that's holding on the side. Yeah, I was like, I don't think there's news about that game. What's going on? Oh, oh, oh. That game that I didn't play. So yeah, you went to E3, John. I went to E3. How was that? Uh, E3 was an amazing week and a half. It has now extended to. So we started out on Sunday morning, Sunday, June. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, June 10th uh, at the Microsoft Xbox briefing. Uh, noise. Noise. A, a mutual friend <clears throat> of ours uh, and I went to the briefing in person at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Um, a 7,000 seat capacity theater was jam packed. The energy was electric. The very first trailer, when, oh, what is this game? Oh, I think it's, this, oh, it can't be that game. And then you see the helmet of Master Chief, the iconic symbol of gaming on Xbox. Master Chef. Mis Master Chef himself. Master Chef 6. Uh, when it drops on the screen, it was electric in the theater. Everyone just erupted. Come to PC. Uh, also, on Windows 10 as well, so that was very exciting to see <clears> that <throat> there on a new engine. You think they're gonna do Master Chef Collection on uh, on PC eventually? I mean, that feedback has definitely been heard. So that'd we'll be dope, that right? That'd be that'd be pretty fun. I feel like that would be a solid play considering how much work they're still putting into fixing that. <laughs> yeah, Master Chief Collection is the collection of Halo One, Two, Three, Halo Three, ODST, and Halo Four. Well, ODST if you buy the add-on, right? Uh, and if, if you got screwed yeah. and got it for free. Exactly. So that is uh, that was really exciting to be in person for. We also attended the Bethesda conference. Dope. That looked uh, great. That was really fun. Um, I'm excited for Fallout 76. I'm and... maybe not excited, but I'll probably play it, especially oh. if my friends do. 
I'm definitely going to play it. You and I will have to figure something out because we have to multiplay it up. I'm just going to nuke your base. How about that? Yeah, that's we're fine. That's we're fine. just going to log in and then I'm going to... Oh, uh, sorry, John. It's It over reminded me of Metal Gear Solid, the, the forward operating bases. Do you remember uh, that? Oh, five? Yeah, five where you had to. Yeah, I don't we're... know how that's going to actually play out, but I'll, I'll probably check out the beta and see if I like it. I don't know. Uh, we met the... Uh, developers behind the division and the vision too that's why i have this on uh, they are at the xbox briefing area and the x uh, mixer area were you like hey how come your first game sucked oh well they get their first game's actually <laughs> really improved i'm sure it has and let's see who else did i hang out with met phil spencer dope head of gaming uh, i still haven't Microsoft. watched that panel with uh giant bomb i'm very behind on my content and i'm doing it chronological so on sun no on monday then we went to ea play which is like the ea fan fest right. for, for ea gaming uh so met some of the team behind anthem and watched some gameplay for anthem i didn't like ea's press conference i didn't think it was very good it had opportunities i i like um like the games they're showing are fine but the I, games I, are... I feel like the way that they presented it was pretty bad <laughs> and then uh after anthem uh let's see what else did we do that day oh ubisoft's conference i wasn't able to attend but they had a good showing uh, of games i don't remember ubisoft uh the division the crew they had the pirates right yes skull and bones which they have uh beyond good and evil is that right yeah they have beyond good and evil i mean the world looks rad i don't know what the game is going to be like but the world looks very cool that looks really fun. Assassin's Creed. I'm excited to explore and, that world. And there was no Splinter Cell. I don't really care about that. I I, I was hoping for a Splinter Cell. Yeah, but I don't really like Splinter Cell. So. And then Monday night. I'd rather have that guy in Smash than I would a new Splinter Cell. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Smash. We'll get to Smash. Uh, let's see. See Monday night. Then I uh, waited with fans in line to get into the. Uh, not the physical briefing for Sony, but a theater showing of Sony's briefing. So, like man, nine fans in a movie theater all watching the stream at the same time, mm. getting some PlayStation swag <clears throat> as not well. Not a fan of their press conference. Yeah, I uh, was really thrown off. The pacing was really weird. Yeah. I, I thought that something had happened when they cut from, hey, here's Last of Us, to, all right, now we have interviews. Yeah, it was really weird uh i think it they were working they were trying to make the live experience really cool but at the same time like press and reporters that were there were like this is really weird that i'm walking from place to place and i have to check on twitter what's happening that's pretty strange so i don't know i feel like they're not gonna do what they did this this year like i think last podcast i was like hey i'm excited to see sony's because they like do orchestras and they do all this crazy cool stuff and they like did cool stuff but it was really weird yeah sony usually has a really nice spectacle of right. a show and this time around it felt really disjointed um yeah a um, bunch of the fans like af as it ended a bunch of the fans were like wait is, is it over though is that it the games themselves were like games that for the most part we all knew about um and they preface it like hey this is we're not going to announce crazy new stuff it's we'll do right deep. and they did do deep dives and death stranding was pretty awesome <laughs> death stranding, now that we see even more gameplay i'm even more confused 
I'm 100% on board with that, though. Like, I, I know a lot of people watch it. Like, the people from Giant Bomb watched it, and they were like, this was not the best showing of Death Stranding. Like, I kind of would have preferred a another CG trailer yeah. that was trailer. really strange again. Uh, but this time we just watched Backpack Simulator, and I was like... Yeah, but I'm I'm all right with that. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I wasn't gonna do a backpack simulator, but but whatever. So that would look cool. The um the trailer for Resident Evil looked so good. Uh for two, yeah. For two, yeah. We were all so crazy about that. Um Ghost of Shishima looked fun, but Agreed. Uh, I wasn't crazy, crazy about it. And then what's going on with everybody wants to do uh like medieval Japan everything right now? What is uh, what's up? Kind of there's like five that, games like that you know when um uh like a decade ago when a bug's life came out and then ants came out at the same time yes or like armageddon and then um deep impact or some whatever or how we had zombies on everything for five years yeah, yeah we're in a trend right now it's interesting uh one thing i want to go back for for xbox so hey wait here's all these fun games gears of war forza and all that stuff have a great E3, everyone. And as the conference ended, the stream all like glitched out and audio was all weird. And then we see, oh, someone's hacking into the briefing. Oh, no. And it's the reveal for CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk. Right. right. Um, I actually feel like I didn't really like that trailer. And it kind of made me like, the. It, it was different than I expected. I'm probably going to love the game, but like the... The look of the game was very different from what I expected, and that kind of made me like, mm, eh. Mm. But I don't know. They they make great games. I'm playing through Witcher Three right now, actually. I haven't played through it yet. Good. I'm you reading about that. the development of it. You right need now. to play that game. It's pretty yeah. good. I, I heard it's pretty good. Um, and then a game that I saw the Xbox briefing that I instantly thought of you, Joe, specifically. Uh, do you remember Tunic? It is a the um. You're a little fox sprite, and you're like basically it's Fox uh, Legend of Zelda. I'm not continuing with the stream until. This you sounds like something that I would like, but no, I'm Look, not familiar. Are you able to pull up a browser window and? Not you know, up? in this last year, there have been like ten freaking Zelda likes that came out, and I will play them all eventually. But I'm just not there, man. I already have Blossom Tales, Sleeping King, whatever. Mm -hmm. I already have Minute, uh, and I haven't finished either of those. I think I'm halfway through Minute, which is really cool. Um, and I think if you're going to play a Zelda-like, this Minute might be your jam, even though it's black and white. But uh, it's really cool. And, and it's really short. On the show floor during E3, right, it's, it's pretty crowded, but uh, I was able to make it my way downtown. And Mixer, not Twitch, but Mixer had a booth, and part of their booth was their Hype Zone. So in a lot of games, like Battle Royale games, PlayerUnknown's Battle There's Royale. There's a lot of those right now. And Fortnite, it's basically 100 people compete against each other to be from 100 down to one person. As, as in you're, the movie Battle Royale. As in Battle Royale. As you're in the game, as you get to like, you're in 11th place, you're in 10th place, now you're in the top 10. Mixer will do a thing where it can tune to your channel, kind of like an ESPN Red Zone. Yeah. And they had that for this new game that I hadn't heard of previously called Realm Royale. Yeah, I've seen that. And I competed in that. And so I was on stream and blah, 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 blah. And the reason why it was really exciting was, hey, if you win your match, 
you will get a console of your choice. Huh. Here at here at, at E3. An Xbox console with, of your choice? A, a Nintendo console, Sony console, or a Microsoft oh, console. Oh, dude, I would have picked that PS4 Pro deck. So definitely was competing multiple times to try and get that. Did nice. not get it. Um, but I like the mechanic about the game of if you get killed, you don't instantly lose. If you get killed, you then transform into a chicken. And for 30 seconds, you get a chance to run around and survive. So it adds an element of randomness. What happens when you survive as the chicken? You will respawn or re revive at that spot. So it's a down With full health? Uh, no, you have like 30% health or something. I'm not sure I'm a fan of that. That's okay. We can try it for free on Steam later on. Okay. Free is a good price. Free is a very good price. I'm, uh, I'm a fan of that. Um, that's that's basic Vidya Thanks news. for tuning in to the video cast. Video, video James. What? Which comes uh, to video games. Do you have any uh, E3 or Vidya questions before we tune it over? No, I think we've covered it enough. I think we're good. I think I think we're Gooch. There we I, are. I would say my my basic thoughts on the E3. Again, I still haven't gone through everything that I want to, but I did watch all the conferences. I think everybody showed good games. Like mm -hmm. the good games level of E3, this is like the hypest good games were shown level that I've ever seen. While also half of the conferences were like botched <laughs> from a presentation perspective. I think Xbox and Bethesda came out and did their best ever showings mm -hmm. ever uh but everybody else like sort of floundered on the presentation like even nintendo's was really weird really nintendo. dude you gotta go 25 minutes on smash dog like I that's hype but I didn't tell you. you gotta go like 25 minutes on to everybody's trophy assists like come on man I, I, I really don't care and i'd like to find that out organically kind of i competed at the the Nintendo Booth's Smash competition. Wow. There was a, hey, I'm not here for, I'm just here for fun line. So casual com competition. Nah, dog. And then there was I'm the, here to win, oh, I'm here to win line. Uh, I was in the, I'm here to win line. Of course. So just, for, just for competing in the very short, I'm here to win line compared to the super long casual line. Oh, absolutely. I would pick one away. I got a uh, Smash Brothers pin. It's somewhere Dope. back there. Got a pin. Didn't continue on, but I could have gotten a hat or a bottle or a towel or a Smash Brothers medal if I won my bracket. Wow. I'm not that good, but wow. I played as Solid Snake once again. Of course you would. I Of course I would. Out of practice, too. You're still like, yeah, let's go, Snake. No, like I, I was already like, all right, I, I remember my boy. Um, but the other guys, uh, I wouldn't say they destroyed me. I would say I just barely, barely lost. I got second. Uh, in both of my placement matches so cool that was fun smash was good second out of two or what second out of uh you can stop <laughs> right there <laughs> oh there was another thing on the show floor really like i played some destiny on the sony side that was okay um spider-man looks very cool. okay and uh, if i wasn't playing oh. wow while listening to videos i would probably be playing destiny while listening to videos right um, oh, there were some execs from Blizzard that we saw there. Really confused. Like, what are you doing here, dude? All right, have fun. We're just hanging out, checking out games, dude. Checking out DOS games. Maybe I'll print money on Hearthstone. Do it, do it, do it. Okie doke, artichoke. Video tell games. Me, tell me about. Wait, hold on. This just in. Beep, 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 beep. Video oh. game. Oh. 
No, is, we is, have poker news. Has, we have poker news reporting live from the scene. We have Joe from Poker Town. Joe, how's it over in Poker Town? Uh, poker Town, USA here. And, uh, you know, people are losing money and people are winning money and people are wiling out at the poker table. Back to you, John. Ah, uh, yes, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Joe, Joe, I'm getting another. Um, so tell me about some law changes that are happening in the world of just Gambo Gambo. In yeah, general. so my two uh, news segment things here are actually quite old because you know what? Number one, I forgot. Wow. Uh, number two, we've been talking about WSOB and poker, so, you know, I haven't gotten to them. But, you know, most of the people listening to our show don't play poker and they're not in the scene so even though this is old news, I'm bringing it to you. Beep, beep, um, beep, beep. So minor history lesson. Like 2003 or something like that, uh, the DOJ, the uh, Department of John, Department of John of America was like, hey, Full Tilt and Poker Stars, we noticed that you're doing heinous illegal shit. Mm. How about you don't do that? Uh, and there's a lot of confusion. People think it's because poker is illegal on the internet, which is not accurate. Uh, there's still no legislation that clearly states that poker is illegal on the internet. That is just not true. Um, and a lot of a lot of smart people that are very invested in the poker scene still think that. I don't really understand. But anyway, uh, they're like, hey, Full Tilt, you're like embezzling money and uh, what's the other thing? I forget what it's called. But they were doing some really screwed up shit Especially the most heinous thing that they did, whether it's law-wise or not, uh, is that they put poker player funds and company funds in the same bank account. Uh, uh, money laundering is the other thing that they got shut down for. So they're like, hey, you're doing like mega illegal shit, guys. And poker stars, you're also doing some of that. So how about you both shut down? Um, and we're going to put DOJ symbols on your websites and... Good luck with that. And then uh, the DOJ worked very uh, directly with these people and tried to figure something out because uh, Full Tilt actually had squandered slash taken a lot of that money that was in the player pool slash uh, company funds. A lot of the heads of it took a lot of that money as payouts. Yep. And so they didn't have enough funds to pay all the players back. That's a fucking problem, right? So what the DOJ and Poker Stars and Full Tilt worked out was where they um, they gave Full Tilt to Poker Stars, and the player funds that were still not paid for were paid by Poker Stars. So players like myself mm -hmm. eventually did get paid out directly from the doj by putting in your social and stuff on the internet uh, and uh then they sent you a check or whatever right actually it was a direct deposit that's uh, how i got mine so anyway that was semi-resolved but then from there forward everybody and their mom has been very uncomfortable about trying to have a poker website in america okay and there is a law that kind of loosely maybe maybe not makes it illegal for banks to transact with poker websites and gambling websites in the U.S. So banks generally just don't want to do that because they don't want to handle the risk 
yeah uh, associated with it and there's really nothing in it for them right whether they're transferring to you know your dad or they're transferring to a poker website they're not making money on that transfer generally speaking unless mm. it's a wire transfer so if they're like ah oh, this one might get us humongous million dollar fines how about we don't do that uh so that's kind of the 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 current landscape since then when it comes to poker online there are some poker sites we've talked about them previously it's been quote unquote legalized in specific states and i mm -hmm. play on wsop.com because i'm here in nevada and you're allowed to do that uh, you can do that in new jersey you can do that in delaware other places are trying to add on well recently Ooh. there's also been you know not clear legislation on sports betting and I'm not going to go into like the websites that have been doing it anyway and stuff, but basically, and I don't know the specifics, so don't look to me for lawyering, but basically the federal government said, hey, states, you guys can regulate this. How about that? You guys do what you want to do. Um, you, you know, put some policies in place, tax it how you want, do what you want to do with sports betting. Um, so the, the concept, the idea is that some states will legalize and, and, um, put laws forth towards making sports betting online and live, um, legal, right? Right now in California, for example, which is the biggest market, California is like, a country when it comes to how many people are in it right california when uh when online poker was in its heyday i believe the stat i heard was california was 30 percent of the users in the world right so california is big so california um and specifically casinos in california not casinos but card clubs and uh, actual casinos on Indian reservations because that's how that works for the most part uh, they have a lot to gain from doing this so think places like the bicycle or the commerce right or uh, matrix or bay 101 they have an infrastructure in place for people to come and give them money live right they generally play poker and other stupid card games where you can't win but if they add um, live sports betting, right, they're going to just make a lot of money. Sports betting is pretty much printing money because you allow people to bet both sides and you take a cut and easy money, right? So they're also going to want to, since they already have these establishments, right, get online sports betting coming from their location as well. So that's probably going to happen. And that infrastructure will put them in a good place to then do online poker. So they're probably going to be investing a lot and pressuring lawmakers to hashtag legalize poker. So that's actually a huge deal. And I listened to a podcast. I forgot who was on it and who the host was. <laughs> nice. But people that know what the hell they're talking about. And they imagine that stuff is gonna go down within the next couple of years. Um, now, does that mean that online poker is gonna be super popular in the US in two years? Maybe, maybe not. Depends how the investment goes. Depends how the lawmakers do their thing. But we could see 
poker coming back in the US um probably not to the point that it was before but that's pretty hype that's kind of a big deal um my dream for where I let's say nothing with me changed at all whatsoever about my lifestyle and and living situation and whatnot if all of a sudden uh California was also on WSOP.com, right? Or if the U.S. got added to sites like PokerStars and 888, where the rest of the world plays on, that would change my life, actually. Mm. Because having a player pool with California players means there's going to be good games again. Mm. Um, and right now on WSOP.com, I played a little bit. And right now the games are pretty good um because everybody's in town and anybody from anywhere can come and deposit at the rio deposit at caesar's palace and play on wsop.com so the games are pretty good actually but the rest of the year like i don't know my time is probably not best spent playing online and that might change mm. um and that's pretty fantastic i'm i'm into that um so that's that do you have any questions about that john how you feel about that i mean it's a lot of stuff that i don't really have too much context on so i'm like use questions okay yeah it's the the basic um takeaway is people things are aligned in a direction to where in the u.s and specifically in markets that matter like california especially uh appear to be on a path toward online and live sports betting and then poker and that's great and i'm into that Hype. 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 Uh, are you ready for some more news, John? Let's get some news in. So Live at the Bike is uh, in yet another controversy, as always. Somehow, here's my take, even before I say the, what happened. Here's my take on the Live at the Bike. How come stuff that's totally normal and happens everywhere all of a sudden becomes a huge fucking problem at the bike and it becomes a huge fucking controversy at the bike you know what would be good a good idea for the bike eh. if they hired some really good floor people and some really good dealers with all that astoundingly high rake that they're taking in their low stakes games uh that'd be pretty cool if they could just you know hire people that are competent at their job and then maybe prevent some of these disasters uh like we talked about the one before, right? Where mm -hmm. uh, two guys go all in, they say run it twice, the dealer burns, and then one guy says, no, 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 just run it once. And instead of pausing and reaffirming what's going on, he rips out the turn card and mm -hmm. people get pissed and the bike pays out $3,000. Uh, you know, if you had a good dealer there, that wouldn't have happened. And instead of, you know, people being able to continue to play poker the way that they want to play there, now you just can't run it twice. And that really actually sucks and may hurt their business in the long term. Well, similarly, another thing went down that could have been easily solved. Um, here's the basic setup. There's two guys. One of them is the producer of the show. Uh, his name's Ryan Feldman, and one of them is, I actually forget his name. Um, I want to say it's Mike, and there's like two big name Mikes on there. It doesn't really matter to uh, to our listeners, but 
this guy who's a very fun player, he's a recreational player, he's not a pro, is in there and they're playing a hand and the action and uh, Feldman's breakdown uh, is pretty interesting and funny if you're into poker. Uh, and if you want to check that out, check out Joe Ingram on YouTube um, or maybe Joey Ingram. I'm not sure what he is on YouTube, but he did a podcast with Feldman and I listened to the whole thing. Um, the basics, the simple version is on the river. Uh, Ryan had a full house and a flush came in. And based on the situation, he thought checking was best because his opponent wasn't going to have a ton of strong hands. Uh, but the ones that he had, he's going to bet, and he's probably going to have some bluffs too, right? So he checks. This other guy in a $900 pot says all in, and he shoves his rack forward. His rack, because he was about to leave, has mm -hmm. about $10,000 in it. That's a lot of money That's to bet mean. into a $900 pot. And Ryan, with his second nuts, second full house, or I guess maybe there was like, yeah, there's quads, and then he had top full house. Uh, he's like, call. And then the guy just instantly, I call. And then the other guy who did the bet, he's like, I was joking. It was a joke. What? I wasn't serious. And, and Ryan's like, what? And then he's like, yeah, it was a joke. You think I would do that? I don't have anything. You think I would do that when I don't have anything for real? And R Ryan's like, I don't, what's going on? And they spent about seven or eight minutes going through that loop. The floor man gets called over. The floor man walks up and pretty much just stands there. He asks, you know, what's going on? Well, he pushed his rack forward. And then Ryan said, call, what's the ruling? And the floor person, instead of saying, well, it sounds like there was a bet and a call and everybody agrees, you have to pay him the money. Um, instead of that, which is obviously what should have happened, uh, he's like, Ryan, you can do whatever you wanna do. Mm. Which puts Ryan in a really rough spot because Ryan is the host and producer of the show. Yeah. And he doesn't want to piss off his guests. He he's in a really bad scenario. He has a relationship with these people that he wants yeah. to continue. That particular individual is kind of a highlight of the show because yeah. he's fun and exciting and crazy. Um and he's like, "I don't know what I want to do." And the guy's like, "You want my money? Take my money." And he's like, "I don't know what I want, dude. I don't I don't I I don't know what's going on." <laughs> and another player who's uh, a high stakes crusher of sorts garrett uh speaks up and he's like look mike you put all your money forward and he called like would you would you give him his money back if he folded in the past you haven't like you got you got to give him the money mike and then he yeah. finally you know seven and a half eight minutes later uh gave ryan the money and following up so to speak listening to that podcast it looks like that guy's not allowed at the bike anymore uh-huh which makes sense uh from a kind of protecting their ip context they don't want players like that continuing to show up and and being a nuisance so to speak or having people like it's a bad look it's a bad look for the bike when the 
that whole thing that went down, especially the floor man coming over and not making a ruling. Yeah. And making a player slash producer make a ruling on his show against a player that is, you know, his friend, uh, pretty jacked up. So that was fucked. And yet again, live at the bike, making totally simple, easy situations complicated and controversial yet again. I don't understand how... How did they not, and I'm not saying fire that floor man. What I am saying is hire some floor men that know how to floor and can walk up and be like, what's the situation? Yeah, okay, pay him the money. That's the ruling. The ruling is you have to just make push, it happen. push yeah. the chips. I'm going to call security if you, if you don't leave. Because uh, <laughs> he was yelling and stuff, right? Um, yeah, that happened. That seems, uh, mm-hmm. That happened about a week ago and man i don't know dude like live at the bike is the most popular streamed poker anything besides like super high roller events on um on uh what's it called poker go and like the main event right obviously that's going to get a lot of eyeballs the main event of the world series of poker but other than that like live at the bike is it Live at the Bike crushes viewership compared to all the other competition. And I think it's in partial part due to how they don't know how to run their own shit. <laughs> and there's all this weird controversy about super simple things. But I think in the long run, if they don't make some great hiring decisions and policy decisions, eventually poker players are going to be like, you know what? I don't really want to play there, dude. I can't run it twice. I can't have fun. Uh... And they fuck shit up all the time is kind of my view on it. So I, I hope they write the ship. I hope, you know, Ryan uh, helps the management there see what strong floor leadership is, what good dealing looks like. I hope it gets better for them because I like the bike. I think they're pretty cool. They have a really nice room. Um, I just don't like all this weird stuff that's happening. The stuff that gets in the way definitely gets in the way all right so bike yet again we'll, we'll report back when back at it again when they're back at it again <laughs> eventually who knows Man. what a mess what a mess so outside of controversy joe how have you been with poker how has the world series wsop of poker uh it's been okay uh yeah. i played that online tournament and i lost and though i felt really good about it uh i played my first live wsop bracelet event Ooh. the fifteen hundred dollar millionaire maker where top first place was at least a million dollars and i believe it was over because oh. there was a lot of people there um and i played very well for most of it i felt okay. that i made the right decisions in 99.9% of the situations, maybe less because I'm not sure I played a thousand hands, but I made all the right decisions, I felt. Okay. Uh, there was one hand actually where a player did something I didn't expect a player of his caliber to do, uh -huh. and I lost a little bit of chips there, but that wasn't the end of the world. Um, but then my final hand, John. Final. I played like Garbaggio. Ah, uh, Garbo, Garbo. So here's the situation. I had about... 5,200 in chips. I believe the blinds were 100, 200. 
with a 50 Annie, 25 Annie. I think it was 25 actually. So before the hand starts, there's 525 chips in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I have 5,200. Not a ton, right? When we look at the M, which we talked about last week, um, I was securely in the, uh, I want to say 6 to 10 range, not the look for a spot to shove range, but the we want to be first into the pot. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. With whatever we play is kind of the mantra between the 6 to N, 10 M range. For those who didn't listen last week, uh, M is how many times does the table go around in a circle before you're out of the tournament? Uh, that's basically what that means based on the antes, based on the uh, blinds. So anyway, uh, a player in a middle position raises to 500. Another guy next to him looks at his chips and he hems and haws and he calls. Another player on the button calls. And I'm in the big blind with eights. Eight, eight, pair of eights, pocket eights. Now, normally in this M zone, if you're not in the big blind, you're going to end up folding a lot because you no longer have the right implied odds to call and hope to hit an eight and then get it all in as a huge favorite. You don't have the, the money to set mine, so to speak. Uh, however, in the big blind, I have to call 300 uh, to win a lot. And if you look at, let's say one of the players is gonna lose his whole stack to me if I hit an eight, uh, I actually do, strangely enough, have the implied odds to just call. So I think that is the correct play. And what's particularly strange about what I did is in the moment, I thought about all of that. In my head, I said, wow, I actually have the right odds to call here. And then I shoved all in. <laughs> uh, uh. Which is actually probably the worst play. Strangely enough, I think you could fold. I don't think folding would be as bad as shoving all in, actually. Because you're short on chips, you need to um, preserve them as much as you can. And in most situations, uh, you're not going to hit an eight, and you're just going to forfeit the pot. However, I think the better decision with that many chips left is to call the 300. It's still kind of a small portion. It's less than 10% of your stack. And you do have the opportunity to more than double up because of all the dead money from the... 500 call call and the 525 in the middle right if i call and i hit an eight and i go all in i actually made a lot of chips still if everybody folds so that was the correct play in the moment i knew it was the correct play and i didn't do that and then i busted out of the tournament because the guy who called the um the razor first had tens and he called and i didn't hit an eight so I lost, and that was my busto moment in the tournament. I was pretty short on chips anyway, so you know I had probably a ninety percent or more likelihood to bust out soon anyway. So I don't feel as garbage as maybe I could, um, but I'm really disappointed in myself that I knew how to play. I had prepared for that type of scenario. 
last week before playing online and thinking about M and playing previous tournaments and thinking about M and, and being in these types of scenarios, I didn't quite have that exact scenario um, going on before. But then I thought about it in my head. I kind of voiced it out. Here's where I am. Here's what the bets are. Here's my odds. I should call. I'm all in. <laughs> why do you do this? Why? I, I cannot explain why I did that other than the I can blame it a little bit. I mean, it's all my fault, right? It's, it's 100% my fault. But maybe some of it had to do with I was five hours in. I was pretty stressed out. I hadn't been in that type of exact scenario. Live poker, low blinds for a lot of money. The stakes matter when it comes to placing, uh, that type of stuff. I, World Series of Poker, like I hadn't been in that kind of a that stressful scenario in poker for a very long time. I was very hungry. The breaks were 20 minutes, but when like 2,700 people are walking through the same hallway, it's kind of tough to get food. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of tough to pee. Um, so I planned that morning to bring a couple bananas and some other stuff that I could eat while I play. Some I didn't do that. And what? during the breaks, I didn't have time to do that. And I was very hungry uh, on my like five hour and 20 minute mark in the tournament. And I think my thought process was not the best, obviously. I mean, I thought the right things. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Whoops. And, and I would say that's, um, I don't get tilted very often. I don't, I don't often get into a mind space where I make poor decisions because of my mind space, but I, I guess I was pretty tilted at that moment. I was also a little frustrated because up until that point, 90% of my run, so to speak, was going well, and I was accumulating chips often. And in a few scenarios, I was losing chips, but for the most part, I was accumulating chips. I was making smart decisions. I lost a lot of chips making one smart decision early, but I then got cards. I got aces like twice in a row and made a bunch of chips off that. That was pretty nice. And um, and then before that pair of eights hands, I actually had kind of a downturn where I had strong hands. I played very well and... I got into scenarios where I had to fold the pot and I was upset about it, but I believe it was the right play. And and my chips kind of dwindled down mm. to that 5,200 stack. So I think my disappointment with the past hour or two, adding in being kind of stressed out and a little tired, even though it was like the middle of the day and I had great rest because of the stressful situation. In In that tournament, you have to be on alert. 100% of the time. So I would say like that five hours was more draining than a normal 10 hour session would be because you just have to pay attention um, if you want to win. Um, so I think you combine all those factors and I did stupid stuff in my brain and I made a poor decision that I hope not to uh, make again. Whoops. Well, yeah. that's, mm, you got to think about it and then follow through. Yeah, and, and I got to prepare better, right? I got to bring the food that I plan to bring. I probably mm. need to pack a lunch. There's So the third break, which I didn't get to, 
is a 75 minute break that might be enough time to get food it might not be with 2700 people well at that point it should be less but you know a thousand people or so all leaving the same room to get food should, same pro- food. should probably just pack a lunch right um so i'm gonna do that i have a tournament tomorrow at i don't know what time actually Uh-oh. oh oh good thing oh good thing i have oh this just in beep, 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 beep. poker um for those listening i have shuffled some papers uh tomorrow at 11 a.m i will be playing the one thousand dollar double stack double no double limit stack. hold'em no double 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 stack double stack uh this time it's a little different than the other one obviously the buy-in is 500 dollars cheaper but uh you get more chips you start with 10,000 chips instead of 7,500. I'll say that um, even though that was a $1,500 three-day event, it felt kind of short. Uh, really? Yeah, with the 7,500 chips to start, it felt kind of short. Um, yeah, you're you're at not a lot of big blinds very quickly. Like two hours in, like you're starting to get concerned about the size of your chip stack, even if you're doing okay. Um, so that was a little weird. So I think I'll like this structure better. This is a four day event and, uh, so it's going to be longer. Also the part where you start with 10,000 chips instead of 60,000 chips in the one that I just played, if you make it to day two, Mm -hmm. then you made money. And that means they planned for, uh, 85% of the field had to drop out before they moved on to day two so if you played day one and you bagged chips is what they call it um because you put you put them in a bag and then they give them back to you on the day two uh if you bag day one it was probably like a 12 hour day um and this one i don't know when they plan to end it exactly that's not listed on the chart here but it may not be that you have to get down to 15% of the field before day two because they have four days. Um, it's pretty much the same structure except for you start with a little bit more in chips. Um, I guess 33% more in chips, a third bar. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to play that event. Hopefully I prepare properly and uh, hopefully I don't have a brain aneurysm in the middle of a hand. Hopefully uh, you think about it long before you make that decision. Well, I did. That's the thing. I thought yeah, about it precisely the right amount to get to the right uh, conclusion, and then I just didn't do it. Um, I think in large part because of my mental state was not great. So, yeah. So, yeah. That, that's a... Uh, hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's your World Series of Poker Joe update. What's uh, Is that going to be the, the final event? Or do you have more events? I have... Uh-huh. Three more that I plan on doing right now. The next one after that is going to be when? Uh, well, I would have to bust this tournament in order to do the next one. Uh, but the next one is on the 19th on Tuesday. So if I make it to day three of the $1,000 double stack that I'm starting tomorrow, I don't get to play the next event, which would be the shootout, which we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Where you... Poker Royale. 
Yeah, Poker Royale. You start 10, 10 players on so many tables, and then you go down to one, and then you combine, which is like the blue circle closing in. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. What what other uh, uh, poker updates do we have upcoming in the future in the land of poker? Any other plans you have or any new uh, ideas for your Gambo Gambo career after WSOP? Well, we're going to see how things go and where I am at financially is a big thing, but I think I've talked about it before. If the summer goes okay to poorly, I'm probably going to become a dealer or, well, at this point, it's like 90% going to be a dealer. Uh, I could consider being a prop player in LA or maybe checking out other parts of the country where they do prop players. Do you remember what that is, John? I do not know. What is that? It's where the casino pays somebody to play poker. What? Yeah, people do that, especially in California. Uh, they do that a lot in San Jose and L.A., and I would say they need to stop doing it in San Jose because those rooms are over full, and they still pay people to play poker, which makes no sense. What all. is the uh, the purpose of a prop player? purpose of a prop player and sometimes their slash host is to get games started and to keep games going. So a lot of times when a game gets down to five or four players, for example everybody just leaves they just go home or they combine tables and for every table that you have you're making a certain amount of dollars per hour because they're taking chips off the table right as a rake or a drop um well if you don't have any games that's a problem because they're not making money so they pay a person to um to make the games continue and sometimes they pay multiple people when I was in uh, L.A., I talked about it on this show. I showed up at like 11 a.m. on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something like that, and I was against five prop players. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. My idea is like there's one or two per table. It's like, all right, I'm just here to make sure people keep playing. Yeah, I'm not sure the ins and outs of how it works, but I think what's going on is they get a schedule, and that schedule is like, here's all the shitty times and days where nobody shows up. And then when they show up, they're like, okay, you play at this table, you play at this table, you play, you know, you play limit hold'em at this yeah, garbage like the, low stakes. The dealers don't know who they are, right? The dealers definitely do. Then what? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. At, uh, at the bike, they don't have to wear a little badge that says that they're a prop, but in, um, in San Jose, they have to wear like a, I work for the casino badge, which I think is kind of nice um yeah i like that because then the other players you know they know, they know what's up yeah. um whereas at the bike i mean it's not like they were hiding it right they were talking about it and that's how i figured it out right was like all five of them were talking about being props and stuff i was like oh okay all right um so yeah that's a thing i could do i could go be a prop play poker while getting paid for it mm -hmm. um in LA, but I don't really want to live in LA because the traffic sucks and I just don't like LA at all. I don't like California laws in general. And you know what? Not paying income taxes all right if I hmm. make some money at some point. Um but yeah, so like that's an option, but I think more likely I would be a dealer at the end of the summer. Um however, my hmm. recent pretty extreme and continued success playing two five at the win is making me sort of second guess that um we'll see how the 
the summer goes and we'll see how I feel at the end of the summer. But I have a lot of options and I feel very positive about my life and my life situation and how I have all these options. Um, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. in, in my poker play recently, mm -hmm. um, I played some at the Rio. It went all right. I played some at Win. The past two nights went fan fucking tastic, in sort and uh, in terms of results. But with how bad stuff has gone, I'm still not in a great place financially. But okay. but if I look at like how do I do when I play two five at the Win, it's amazing mm -hmm. dollars per hour. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. I might just play a lot more at two five at the Win. I might get a job at the win and Ooh. then and play 20 hours and deal 20 hours i might get a job at bellagio and like play 20 hours and deal 20 hours i might get a job at both and not play i don't know what the heck i don't know i don't know what i'm doing all right but that's well, kind of where i'm at that's where you're at right now uh but that timeline doesn't start when does wsop end it ends my t my wsop for tournaments the last one i'm playing is on june 30th um so the beginning of july but the actual wsop ends i believe at the end of july okay so basically oh, that early goes on a while. yeah early august i actually have some plans there's an investment i have to take care of and there's a friend that i might be taking care of his animals um mm -hmm. so i have like stuff to do in august and also i'm probably going to vietnam um late august september october sometime in there so i gotta get all that figured out that's a lot to uh to plan out yeah and and i'll have some time i think to decompress and really gather my thoughts about whether i want to deal or not mm -hmm. um and stuff like that so i don't know i'll figure it out i'm i'm feeling good i'm feeling very positive i still think i'm playing the best poker of my entire life my number of mistakes is very minimal um some of them are pretty bad uh <laughs> but they're 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 very infrequent at the moment and i think i'm thinking through stuff on a level that i never have before and noticing stuff and paying better attention than i usually do yesterday i played at a game where there's this guy from europe that looked confused what? whenever anything happened ever and that shit was absolutely hilarious to me because it, it was like he didn't ever see players play bad before. He was just like shocked at everything that happened. He was shocked at bet sizing. He was uh, shocked at the hands that they showed up with. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like I feel like an old guy at this point. Like I've been playing for 60 years or something like that because I feel like I have seen everything. So this relatively crazy shit happens in front of me and this guy and he's like what yeah what like he what? can't believe it and i'm just like mm -hmm. yep that makes sense this guy went all in pre-flop with two other players with eight nine offsuit yesterday mm -hmm. for like 600 bucks or something and he won and this <laughs> this euro guy is just looking at him like what the, what, what? <sighs> and i'm just like nope this checks out this is uh this happens confirmed People do really dumb stuff. It, it totally happens. It's how I make a living, so <laughs> I'm pretty used to it. Yeah. All right. Well, where can we find updates on 
uh, you and your poker lifestyle as they happen as opposed to just this podcast, Joe. If you like pictures, you can go to Instagram and add it at DJ 8-Bit Avenger with the number 8. Uh, you know, until somebody emails us at pcspoker at mail.com or otherwise gets the information to, to me, I'm not putting a lot of effort into putting our stuff on YouTube. There's going to be a point where I do it to clear up my hard drive space. Yeah, you should do that. Because <laughs> I have a lot of videos that I, you know, I want to have a backup until it's in multiple places. And right now it's not. Um, but I am on, on uh, YouTube. You could comment there and say, I want more. Uh, it's youtube.com slash something slash 8 Avenger. I think it's you uh, slash you slash 8 Avenger, something like that. I'll say you, yeah. If you prefer text over pictures, but also sometimes there's pictures, you can add me on Twitter at 8BitAvenger with the number 8. John is also on Twitter at JohnRom.com. He likes to talk about video games a lot, and I like to talk about random shit that happens in front of me a lot, which turns out is many times poker. Many times it is poker. Uh, If you're listening to this on audio ways and you would like to see our faces and or interact with us mid-show, then please go to twitch.tv slash 8bitavenger and uh, follow me because then I can be an affiliate and get paid like two cents every month. That'd be be pretty all right. That'd be pretty aight. To get those two cents. Um, Yeah, not even cover the energy. as previously mentioned, you can email us questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, whatever the heck um, whatever you want to you... say uh, at pcspoker at mail.com. And that's, I think that's it, John. Hi, hi, how you doing? Yes, that is that is how <laughs> we do. Yes. All right. 8-Bit Avenger. Dude, John you know what? what? If you want to play video games with me, dude, I play Ooh. a lot of video games. Hit me up on the Twitters. Hit me up on the poker pcspokerandmail.com and be like hey i don't even like your show but i want to play wow with you dude or like i want to play some cards on the internet or like i want to get trashed in starcraft let me know if you want to get trashed in starcraft Starcraft. joe destroys in starcraft i get uh, i can't i can't i did win a championship he may for the company that i worked with (laughs) i did win and then I was the the coach, and we had a very bad season next year, in large Whoops. part because I was a bad coach slash owner of the team. <laughs> oh. But we gave a lot of money to charity. All right, that's good. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, on behalf of save the... lives, save lives. That's that's the impact. That's right. On behalf of PCS PokerCast, the podcast network for those interested in the podcast lifestyle and poker lifestyle. <laughs> Hashtag podcast lifestyle. Podcast lifestyle. My name is John. This is Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello. This has been episode 35 of PCS Podcast. Thank you, friends. Bye-bye.